time to play the game. Time to play the game! <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Oops, sorry. I am 24. This is my podcast, 24's podcast. Super late podcast tonight. We got a lot to talk about. Angel Reese, LSU. Let's talk about it. Women's basketball. Huge game on Saturday. Or excuse me, Sunday. Uh, didn't watch the men's uh, championship. It was a blowout anyways. UConn won. What a surprise. Uh, no surprise there. Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. It's April 3rd, but it feels like April 1st every single day when it comes to talking about Aaron Rodgers. It feels like I'm... In a sick game where every single day is just a joke over and over and over again. Will Aaron Rodgers be traded to the New York Jets? I don't know. We'll talk about it. The prospects of B. John Robinson as well. Becoming a Dallas Cowboy is starting to get slimmer and slimmer in my opinion. The closer the draft gets or the closer we get to the draft. Excuse me. We'll talk about it, ladies and gentlemen. Right here. 24's Motorhead, the game. Or if you're a WWE fan, I guess. Triple H's walkout song. I am the game. I don't. I don't remember the lyrics. I was listening to Motorhead this morning. I was working out. Worked out for like two hours straight. Two and a half hours. Got on the treadmill. Ran four miles. Four easy miles. Twenty fours. Very, very good at running miles. It was weird that I referred to myself in the third person. But I did run before I lifted weights. Terrible idea. I used to do this in college, and it explains why I struggled a lot with lifting weights in college. On top of just being skinny, I ran like four to six miles before I would lift weights. Bad, bad, bad idea. Do it in the opposite. Do it reverse, right? Um... Lift weights and then run. As I learned painfully today, that I was just I was just fucking exhausted when I was lifting my weights. I like it took me two or three exercises of like four sets of seven to twelve reps each uh, to get back into the swing of things. And I was lifting way lighter weights than what I was lifting before I had my really two week long break. I'm back. After a short little break, not from the podcast, obviously, but from lifting weights. Listening to Motorhead. Oh, God, I, I needed the boost. I needed the juice. I needed the push. Because I was not getting through that workout. Listening to, like, podcasts and melancholy music, which is what I usually listen to when I work out. I was so angry, annoyed. I actually thought about smacking myself, you know, to get myself juiced up. But that would have looked weird in a gym. Whew, man. It was either between the game or Motorhead, obviously. The game! I am the game! You want to play it? I-, <laughs> I don't know the lyrics. What is it? I am the game. Don't want to play me or something like that. I don't know. But it was either Motorhead's the game or it was... It was, what else was I going to play today? Oh, yeah, Succession's theme song. 
because Succession is officially back. It's in full swing. Oh my god. Honestly, I just I don't tune I don't know why people watch the show. I don't know why people watch the show. I watch it because it's borderline my favorite comedy ever. Some of the things that happen in that TV show are just so funny. Some of the lines <laughs> on the show are just so funny. Oh my god. Like one of the one of one of my favorite scenes in the TV show is when Tom, who is the in-law, is like is essentially recognizing that he is unhappy in his marriage with the daughter, Javon, aka Shiv, and he is he's a cuckold. He's li he's literally a cuckold. And she's like telling him about uh these ex these like sexual experiences. She's cucked him. She has cucked him and he has had it. So what he does they're running like this very expensive yacht, like this hundred plus million dollar yacht that they're sailing on. And so he goes up to the patriarch, the father, Logan, and he takes his chicken and he eats it. And he's, and he's what he's done. He has like dry chicken in his mouth and he, <laughs> he just, that's so funny. He like looks him in his eyes with his, I think his sunglasses on, or maybe he took them off. I forgot. I think he didn't have his sunglasses on. He looks him in his eyes and he's like, with chicken in his mouth, he's like, thanks for the chicken. And then he walks up. It was so funny. Oh my God. And then just another one of my favorite lines was when Connor, I think he's the eldest son or one of the, uh, the older siblings. If you don't know Succession, Succession essentially revolves around the family of a top media company in New York. It is it is essentially like a parody or like a very parallel parody of the Murdochs who I think own like Fox or whatever. The Murdochs are the people that own like Fox and a bunch of other news and media companies and stuff like that. So it's pretty much about that. And the internal power struggle within the Roys, because, you know, they have to change the name. But it is very loosely based off of the Murdochs. And so, Logan is the patriarch, and he's essentially the reason why the show is called Succession. He is trying to find an heir for his media company in his four, but really three children, Siobhan or Shiv. Roman and Kendall. And that's what the TV show is all about. And it has some really, really funny scenes and some really funny lines. There's so many times I was watching Succession as I was running today because I just, it was just either watch Succession for an hour or just stare at a blank TV for an hour. And it's just like, I would rather watch Succession. So I'm watching Succession. And it, by the way, one of my favorite lines for the TV show is, I want some suck suck on my dicky dick. Like Connor, oh my god, it was so, it was so, Connor is so funny. But I love Succession, great TV show, awesome TV show, hilarious TV show. Sad to see it go, but at the exact same time, I'm with uh, Brian Cox, the actor who portrays Logan uh, Roy. He's like, I'm, I'm glad that it's ending, it's good that it is ending. And I'm like, I, I think it is good that it's ending in the sense of like, I, we get a resolution on it. As I have, I, I watched Big Little Lies two months ago for my February break after the Super Bowl. I watched Big Little Lies. I was sad that that TV show only got two seasons and it has not, and it will not finish, unfortunately, as a TV show. And I loved it. Wish that it did get a resolute ending and that there was some resolution, but hey, there isn't. Also... God, I'm so excited. Oh my God, Demon Slayer is back. It is back this weekend. I saw the movie last month in March that essentially encompasses, I don't know, the first couple of episodes. I'm hoping that this weekend's newest episode does not just encompass what I saw in theaters. Hopefully they add on a little bit more juice. Hopefully they give me a little bit more. But oh my goodness, I'm so excited. So excited for Demon Slayer. Awesome TV show. One of the best TV shows right now, in my opinion. One of the best animes, if not the best. Shout out to Demon Slayer. Such an awesome TV show. It's such a good anime. It's so good. Oh my god. As somebody who, like, watched animes growing up with, like, hundreds upon hundreds of, upon hundreds of episodes, I'm so relieved that we get animes, like, 
Attack on Titan and Demon Slayer were just like, yeah, we're just going to have, you know, the mainline storyline and that's pretty much it. And we're just going to throw everything at it and then we're going to move on with our lives and we're just going to have great animation as well. And yeah, that's 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 Demon Slayer. Super awesome TV show, super awesome anime, super awesome, super awesome, super awesome. That did. My fucking TV is still not working, unfortunately. Uh, I'm just too exhausted to try and fix it tonight. Also, a couple weeks ago, talked about going for a rug, going and shopping for a rug. Or not a rug, a couch. Talked about this experience that I had with this really, really young salesman. And I was just shocked in like later on weeks, weeks and weeks and weeks later, I'm, I'm just still shocked and appalled by how they run business. It's so weird how like dealerships will run business as somebody who's like, you know, never purchased a brand new car. I still drive the car that I drove um, in high school, still drive that car. It's still, it still runs really well. Like 10 plus years later, almost. And it's so weird how people do business that are in sales, specifically these like dealership things. And it was just, the experience was just bad in my opinion, because I didn't, I wasn't trying to be sold on the couch that I wanted or needed. And the whole refinancing thing, just always like, it, it's just like an obvious scam. If you know like a little bit about, about like, about just scams, you know? I don't know anything about money, but I do know a lot about scams. And to see them, like, try to run my credit at the store and was like, we can refinance you, which essentially just means that they'll give me the couch, but I essentially take out a loan through them. We can refinance through the store. And I'm just like, I, like, like I'm not pay playing fast and loose with my credit. What is this? I was shocked. I was like, they were like, we can run your credit score right now. I'm like, I'm a millennial. Are you kidding me? Or a really, really old Gen Zer. I'm like, bro, are you like, you're trying to run up my credit right now in the middle of the store? It's just like, it's so weird how that works. I'm like, what is this? What's going on? And then I didn't even get the couch that I wanted. I didn't get to look at the couches in the dimensions because in reality, they probably didn't have the couch that I wanted. And he gave me his business card and he was trying to get my contact information. And I was just like, no, it was a soft no, but it was a firm soft no. So I go on eBay, right? Because I'm doing all this like online, online, like, you know, shopping and stuff like that. And I'm like, they have a couch that is not a thousand dollars. That is not is not like the improper or the wrong size it's perfect it's on a sale and it's just like i just i couldn't fucking believe it, it was easy it was fucking easy i looked it up on ebay i didn't just google it but i looked it up on ebay and i'm just like i don't know if i'll ever fucking go through a fucking dealership ever again because of just how bad the experience was i cannot believe People in the olden days and, and, and when he was obviously not going to make the sale the, the dealer was like I can offer you a deal if you refinance through us and I'm like I'm not refinancing through, through you I'll just take out a loan from the bank like a normal person like an adult if I wanted to buy the couch but I didn't but it's just so fucking ridiculous how fucking stupid that whole process was when I just was like, I'll just go on eBay and look it up. And then it's just like, if I wanted to get a more expensive couch, if I wanted to get a better couch, I could just go on better retailers and their stores. And then I could fucking get the couches there instead of going to the fucking dealership store. Why do people use it? Why, why is that thing not out of business? Why is it not out of business? I don't know. I don't know. Like over the last couple of days and it was perfect. It's like, I get, like, the couch that I got on eBay or that I'm thinking about getting, it's pretty much done for the most part. But the couch that I was thinking about getting, it's, like, it's the perfect L-shaped design that I wanted. It's the perfect dimensions that I wanted. It has an ottoman, a detachable ottoman, so I can move around uh, this part of the couch that I wanted. I can move it around anywhere. 
And then most importantly, hey, it's it's like it's all on sale and it's cheap and things of that nature. That's that's, that's, a, that's a big reason. But B, it comes in fucking different colors, and it's just like. I can fucking get one that literally matches my room perfectly. Perfectly. It's just... The whole process of buying something, it should not be that difficult. I felt way more annoyed and stressed buying a fucking couch from a dealership than anything else in my entire fucking life. Jesus fucking Christ. It's like you go into Walmart, you buy, or you go into, you know, Sam's or whatever. Like, I have a PS5. It's like I'm not haggling over a PS5, you know. I've bought over the last, like, I've bought vinyl. I'm not trying to, like, haggle over the price of vinyl, you know. Unless I'm at a third-party, you know, seller who's, like, who's trying to just, like, offload some of their supply. It's like, this is ridiculous. It, like, do you have the price that I want or not? Or do you have the couch that I want at the price that I want or not? Yes or no? Stop trying to fucking do all this bullshit to try and, like, get me to make a bad decision. It's like playing poker. I've never played poker. It's like, why am I playing poker with you? Why am I trying to read your hand and you're trying to read my hand? This is ridiculous. I'm not gambling with you. I'm not trying to play poker. I'm not trying to play a game. I'm trying to buy a fucking couch. Sorry. We got a lot to talk about here today. By the way, also, before I continue, Oh man, I'm making I'm making so much fucking progress through some of the books that I got reading or that I'm reading. I'm reading three books simultaneously. I was about to say at the exact same time, but that's anonymous with simultaneously. I apologize. I'm reading like three books at the exact same time. Let me sit down. I'm tired. Ugh. Super tired. I'm reading The Way of Kings, which is like a 1500 or a 1200 page book. I'm reading Mistborn, both by Brandon uh, Sanderson, which is like 700 pages, and, I'll, and I'm like 250 pages in. I've read more, I think, of Mistborn this month than I have in the last two months. Two months, and we're only on like the third, almost, we're on the fourth day now because it's giga late tonight. And then I got Fonda Lee's, apparently it's her best book, it's her masterpiece, Jade Legacy. And I'm making headway through all the books. I'm getting into that reading groove where I can like essentially go between all three books on different days and read for X amount of time and be like happy and satisfied because now it's like Mistborn after reading over 200 pages is actually starting to become a good book. I love Jade War and the Jade Legacy and the Greenbone Saga and so I loved what was going on in that book series and I'm super stoked on it now. And then it's like I got the fucking Way of Kings which is heating up Keening up, and I'm already, I'm close to finishing tonight. I got like 27 pages to read, but it's, it should be a very, very fast, quick 27 pages because I love the book. I love what's going on. And I have an additional thousand pages to read. So that should be fun. Anyways, let's talk about Angel Reese and LSU winning the national championship for women's basketball here. Great, great game. Uh, the officiating was dreadful. The officiating was terrible. I knew coming out of the first half, the officials would go in the back and they would be like, they would try and figure some shit out. Just a terrible job by it, but they still fucked some shit up. Hold on. <clears throat> in second half. I gotta say this, one of the reasons why I don't watch college sports that much and that I'm not, like, uberly interested in it is the officiating, um, specifically with basketball, and just the overall play. There's just some bad, bad, sloppy play that comes in in college football and college basketball, and I just, I can't fucking stand it. It's bad, especially when you understand and know how to break down and analyze games like I do. Uh, maybe not at, the, like, the highest of levels, but pretty decently well. I'm just like, wow, this kind of sucks. But loved what I saw overall from the actual basketball play, not the officiating on Sunday's game with LSU versus Iowa. Because the game was really, 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 really well played by both teams. I remember they showed like midway through the fourth quarter that LSU had like made one turnover in the corner on the quarter. Excuse me again. I'm a little bit tired. I apologize. 
They'd made like one turnover in the entire quarter. And I was like, huh, both teams haven't really turned the basketball over throughout the entirety of the game. And both teams have been playing really, really good, clean basketball. There were stretches where teams were just on fucking hot streaks. And it was a, you know, it was one team would hit a three or hit a two. And then the other team would retaliate on the other end of the floor. And they would make their own shots and they would hit their own shots. And it was just, and then other times it was just a little bit of a lull. Maybe one team was off, but the other team was on. I think Iowa during the third quarter had like an 8-0 run or something ridiculous like that. Caitlin Clark, uh, awesome fucking basketball player. She's going to be an absolute star in the WNBA. Uh, was fucking knocking down some shots. She she finished the game with, I think, over 30 points or something like that. She fucking carried Iowa. Except Iowa does not have as deep of a basketball team as LSU. Now, unlike probably the majority of the people that have now recently started to talk about college basketball, specifically women's college basketball. I've been on this shit for years. I've loved women's college basketball. I've loved it over the last couple of years, especially over the men's. I don't really watch any of the men's uh, tourney. Didn't watch it tonight, but I made time out on Sunday to watch Angel Reese and the LSU Tigers, go Tigers, win their first national championship basketball game um, regardless of whether it was the men or the women. And it was just, it was an awesome performance overall by LSU. Uh, they got out, I think, kind of early. It was weird, the officiating, especially in the, in the bottom of the first quarter. Like, Angel Reese got three fouls. The rest were, again, terrible. Caitlin Clark had a couple of fouls and then got the infamous technical where she threw the ball in the wrong direction of the referees and then they teched her up for what reason apparently it was foul language which that was bullshit again every single referee on that crew should be fired but we know that that probably will not happen uh, they did a horrendous job again if if there were there was justice in the world they would have all been fired immediately after the game because of that pitiful performance i don't really care if they are out of job or not they did a horrible job on sunday but the basketball teams again it was a great game um, we have two future stars in the WNBA. I'm super excited about it in the WNBA after Sue Bird and I think Tarazi either will retire or have retired. They need new star power. Candace Parker is getting to the end of her career as well, and she seems to have a huge career in broadcasting. They need an, inje an injection of talent, and it looks like over the last couple of years there will be and there should be. Haley Jones from Stanford, uh, Ari McDonald from Arizona State, uh, fucking the fucking women's version of Stephen Curry, I thought, until Caitlin Clark came on this year. Obviously, you have Caitlin and Angel Reese. I mean, she's just a fucking defensive powerhouse of uh, of a uh, of just a of, of just a center slash power forward, and. Uh, she has like great ball handling as well for someone of her size as well. But women are also the women are. It's so interesting the women's game because you obviously girls that are you know that are playing the center position, but they're like I think Angel Reese probably is six three six four, right? So she's a center slash power forward. I I don't know her measurements. Give me like two seconds to look it up. She's probably six three six four. Yeah, she's six three. I had it right. She's like six three, right? So <clears throat> even though she's 6'3", and she's a center for LSU, she she's pretty much, I think she's around Stephen Curry's height, or she's a little bit taller than Steph. I think Steph, Steph is like six foot, right? Hold on. Hold on. Let me Google it. He's 6'2", right? So she's like one inch taller than Steph. But because, right, she plays center, she has this unique frame where, okay, sure, she, she's a center, but she's a woman's center. So she has this, you know, this ability to be able to handle the ball and be able to, to do things that a center really shouldn't be able to do when it comes to ball handling and things of that nature. And she's a really, really fun player to watch. And a fun player to, uh, you know, to to see her talk a little bit of shit. And I love it when uh, when players talk shit. I love it when players 
go back and forth with one another, and this is where the whole controversy with Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark starts and finishes with the whole John Cena, you can't see me, you can't see me that Angel Reese did to Caitlin Clark. Look, I'll just I'll just say it. I don't care if it angers people. I don't care if people get mad. You're mad. I don't care. Um, let's just be honest. The outrage that is going on with Angel Reese, if you don't know what's going on, Angel Reese, at the end of the game, did the John Cena, you can't see me, to Caitlin Clark, the Iowa star player. Angel Reese, who is essentially the star player for one of the stars for LSU, when she won the Natty, gives her the you can't see me and points to her ring finger and is like, you know, like, we're champs, you're not, you can't see me, da-da-da-da-da. Right? This seems in poor taste. To me, this is just shit talking. I don't understand why people are so angry about it. Um, to be honest with you, I'm shocked that people are complaining this much. Oh, this player, this player talks some shit. It's just, it's been going on. The fact that people, the cognitive dissonance, the lack of regard for reality is astounding to me. Because Caitlin Clark literally did it last week or on Friday against against Louisville. She did it against Louisville. Louisville has one of my favorite fucking players in college basketball on it. And Haley Van Leith or Haley Van Lith or as I like to call her, Haley Van fucking Lethal. I love Haley Van Lethal. Love her. I gave her a nickname, Haley Van Lethal. Love her. She's great. She's fun to watch. She's exciting. I felt like she was the um, the future of of women's basketball, and I still think that she is. But Haley Van Lith is a fun, exciting basketball player. Love her. But Haley Van Lith talks shit, and Caitlin Clark responded saying, "You're down 15. Why are you talking shit?" I love Haley Van Lith. She's awesome. I love Caitlin Clark. She's awesome. I love Angel Reese. They're all awesome. They all talk shit. I have no fucking idea why there is such a huge double standard in college basketball. I don't understand it, especially when it's very obvious. It's like, oh my God, the the, the standard is, the double standard is, Haley Van Lith and Caitlin Clark are plays for their shit talking, whereas Angel Reese isn't. The reason why is that Angel Reese is black and those two athletes are white and people will give you bogus excuses and reasons why, but it's like, I'll watch Haley Van Lith. And by the way, let me just, I haven't watched Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese as much as I've watched Haley Van Lith. Haley Van Lith has been that girl for a fucking minute and she's been talking shit probably since she was in fucking high school, okay? So this is not a surprise at all to me that Haley is in like, is talking shit. I love it when Haley talks shit. I love the energy. I love the fucking juice that she brings to the sport. She's a superstar. Love her. But, and I have no problem, by the way, with her talking shit. Let me just, like, clarify that. I have no problem with Caitlyn talking shit to, to Haley. I have no sh- problem with Angel talking shit to, to fucking Caitlyn. I have no problem with any of these girls talking shit. Because they're hoopers. They're dogs. Let the dogs fucking play. Let him out the fucking gate. Jesus fucking Christ. It's like we it's like we pretend that women cannot be fucking savages, especially black women. We can't we have to pretend, oh, black women cannot fucking, you know, talk their shit. But white women can. White girls can. Women should be above it. Women it's classless as Dave Portnoy said. Dave Portnoy is the owner of Barstool Sports. And he's been, like, wrapped up in controversies. This dude has fucking a media company who is essentially, its only job is to be inflammatory consistently in order to gain uh, attention and views. And it's just like, this guy is like, uh, talking shit is classless in a national championship game against two fucking heated rivals. It's like, dude, what the, this is perfect for the sport. It's like, you know, as much as I love college basketball, the one thing that it, that it lacked, women's college basketball, one thing that it lacked was the fucking juice, was the rah-rah, was the, a little bit of the shit-talking, you know, that the men's sport has. And really, the men's sport, I don't even know if they have it. 
But a little bit of contentiousness never hurt anybody. A little bit of shit talking never hurt anybody. And it's like I get people b- bitching about Angel Reese. Give, I thought it was hilarious, by the way. I got people fucking bitching that Angel Reese is giving her the fucking you can't see me. And I'm like, what about Caitlin Clark giving the you can't see me to Haley Van Lethal? That's my girl. Haley's my girl. Jesus Christ. I've known about Haley for years. I've known what she's going to do. I know what she's all about. But it's just like, it's so fucking ridiculous. The shit that I have to watch, that I had to watch over the last like 24 hours in regards to college basketball when I'm watching fucking these fucking girls fucking go at it for the entirety of the fucking tournament and they've been talking shit for the entirety of the fucking tournament. This isn't the first time, by the way. This is just the girls that talked the most shit were put on a platform because they finally got to the, to the finals, to the final four. And so I'm just like, it's just obnoxious to me. It's, it's so obnoxious that I have to watch this shit. And I especially had to watch people just be like, uh, uh, Haley Van Lith, or not Haley Van Lith, excuse me, Angel Reese is, is, is bad for the sport or she's classless or blah, 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 blah. It's just like, get the fuck out of here. Oh, goodness gracious. Let me take a swig of my water. Hold on. Jesus Christ. Grow up. Grow up. Jesus Christ. But beyond all that, I had so much fun watching <clears throat> watching uh, those girls kick a lot of ass, going out there doing their thing, going out there pretty much just being absolute demons on the basketball court, just doing their thing. Loved it. Loved it. Couldn't get enough. Can't wait to get more next year. Can't wait to get more. <clears throat> Formula One also had a big weekend as well. And let me tell you, let me, let me just say it. I'll fucking say it. Formula One is fucking back. Holy shit. 40, Formula One had an amazing, and not even Formula One. <clears throat> I should also mention this. As I'm looking up some stuff about Jackson Smith and the Jigba. Sorry about that. Um, Formula One had a big weekend this weekend. I feel bad for anyone who just didn't watch any sports this weekend because the sports world was popping this weekend. Basketball, Formula One, Australian Grand Prix. Because Australia, traveling to Australia is like time traveling because it's on the other side of the planet. You know, they're practically a day in front of the United States because of that. I watched the race at like one o'clock in the morning and I didn't go to sleep until like four on Sunday. It was awesome. It was glorious. Loved it. So many huge events over the course of that race, including, I mean, by the way, predictable winner, predictable outcome, Max Verstappen won it, but it was a very, very weird race. Multiple restarts, multiple red flags, huge crashes. Oh my goodness. Opening lap, huge crash for Charles Leclerc. He gets in the Ferrari. It's booted out. Gets hit on the first turn. Just gets into the gravel. Gets booted out of the race. Both of the Mercedes and George Russell and Lewis Hamilton the Mercedes that has struggled all season and really over the last two seasons overtakes the Red Bull of Max Verstappen on the opening lap. The race gets red flagged as well, or it gets yellow flagged or something like that. I forgot what happened. But essentially, the race has to stop. On the restart, Lewis Hamilton gets a fantastic restart. George Russell as well, but I think Max inevitably overtakes him. Like, more accidents happen. George Russell's Mercedes gets booted out, leaving it to be Lewis Hamilton versus Max Verstappen, but Max, which is fast, faster, way faster than Lewis was. But it gives this interesting 
race with Fernando Alonso against Lewis Hamilton, the two-time champion in Fernando against the seven-time champion in Lewis Hamilton, where Lewis is having to struggle against Fernando, who is probably in the better car, but Lewis was just the better driver on Sunday. Just the better driver. Better. He won. He didn't win, but he beat out Fernando Alonso, who's constantly trying to push Lewis, who was in a worse car and potentially on worse tires, and somehow Lewis was able to keep his lead up plus one second, which meant that Fernando Alonso could not get the speed boost of the DRS, the drag reduction system, and overtake Lewis Hamilton driving the probably better Aston Martin. It was a glorious race. Overtakes were happening everywhere. Carlos Sainz was making his way from midfield to really being in top, uh, inside the top five. Uh, Sergio Perez also essentially did the same thing, starting inside the pits to finishing like top 10, struggling against Lando Norris, who also had a fantastic race in his McLaren. Even though the, Mc- the McLaren is practically a shitbox at this point, in the words of Toto Wolff, Oscar Piastri, the native Australian, also finished within the points. I think he finished like eighth or ninth inside the uh, in, inside the top ten, so he got points for McLaren as well. Awesome race. Awesome race. Final lap, the FIA, the governing body of racing, specifically for Formula One. The FIA, because of um, another red flag, who collided? I forgot who collided, but somebody, but something happened on one of the final laps where essentially it could, it could have been Kevin Magnuson and some, I, I forgot what happened, but the FIA with two laps to go in the race was like, we're not finishing behind a safety car. We will stop the race, fix whatever needs to be fixed on track. We will have a standing start, Right which was a bad idea, and I knew that it was going to be a bad idea when they did it, but I was like, I just want to see more racing because this race is so interesting, and maybe Lewis Hamilton can overtake Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen, as dominant as he was as a driver and as dominant as he performed in that race, he also had some issues starting for some weird reason, like getting off of the line and things of that nature. And so I thought that potentially Max could be overtaken by Lewis, which uh, was not true, fortunately for Max, of course, because Max had done a great job on the restart at getting ahead and covering off Lewis and making sure that Lewis couldn't pass him. And Lewis had to fend off Orlando, not Orlando, Jesus Christ, Fernando. And because he had to fend off Fernando, he, he was preoccupied. Max could get away. But what happened was absolute chaos behind the three leaders of the race, starting with Carlos Sainz bumping into Fernando Alonso, Alonso, knocking him pretty much completely out of the race. At that point, the two Alpines of Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly colliding as well by accident and just literally totaling their two cars, getting them out of the race. Pierre Gasly pretty much rolling up in fifth for the entirety of the race. Great job by him. Gets Doesn't see his teammate. They fucking slam into each other and they slam into the wall and they take each other out. Sergio Perez of Red Bull freaking knocks himself, not knocks himself, but goes wide almost into the gravel, almost ruining his race as well. So much drama had happened, and the problem is because of so many, so many, um, so many, uh, like, because of how fast everything had gone sideways, they didn't technically finish uh, a section of the race, and because of that, the actual, like, race itself, the, the part of the race that they were racing on didn't count because they finished, they didn't finish one part of the race. I know it's confusing, um, but that's essentially the rules. If you don't go through one section of the track on the restart, it does not actually count as racing, I guess. So they go back to the original grid positions and it's a rolling finish, meaning that the race was finished behind a safety car. Carlos Sainz gets a five-second penalty because of his collision with Fernando Alonso, and you can literally hear him crying on the mic, on uh, on the hot mic, 
which sucks for him, but it's great for Fernando Alonso. Hold on, I got to charge my computer. Sorry about that. But it's great for Fernando Alonso because Fernando Alonso gets the third place. Lewis Hamilton gets second. Max Verstappen gets third. Great race overall. Superb race. It was for three hours instead of the normal two hours. Again, I finished watching it at like four o'clock in the morning. It was awesome. It was great. Ugh, God, this is when Formula One sucks. It sucks. It it fucking sucks. Reason why it sucks is because the next race in Baku, uh, Azerbaijan, is on April 28th. It is in 28 days. It is in four weeks. To the day. To the day. It sucks. It hurts. I wanted more racing. But, and it sucks that that's literally where the racing stops. Literally. Just like, yep, we're going to stop the racing right when it's getting good, right when it's getting fun. Azerbaijan, excuse me. And then we got the United States Grand Prix of Miami, which is kind of a weird track. It's an interesting track. It's a weird track, I think. And then we got Imola on May 19th. Imola is going to be an interesting Grand Prix, Grand Prix, because Toto Wolf of Mercedes has said that is when they will try to essentially bring updates and bring a new kit for the Mercedes. And the Mercedes, over the last couple of weeks, is actually like in qualifying this week, it performed very well. Apparently, it was just the track that gave them the advantage this weekend, but they, they had done a great job. Lewis Hamilton apparently has no feeling for the car. And so that's why he's struggling. But even when he's struggling, he's he's clear-cut in a way better than some of the competition. And you're just like, Jesus Christ, just give him, the fucking, give him a fucking car to compete. Same thing goes with George. George Russell had a great race up until it, his, his engine, his power unit essentially blowing up in his car almost being set on fucking fire. He's having a great race at that point. But Mercedes is so interesting. What's going to be interesting, this this is obviously not a race between Mercedes and Ferrari now. It seems to be a race between Mercedes and Aston Martin. And potentially we'll see what happens if Mercedes can catch Red Bull, specifically Max Verstappen. Because it, it like I would I would like to see someone challenge Max this season, but it probably won't happen. But still, I'm I, you know a man could help. But it seems as if Aston Martin will be really the key player. And by Aston Martin, I don't mean Aston Martin with the two drivers with Fernando Alonso and Lance Stroll. I just mean Fernando. It just seems like he's the only one that can keep up with the Mercedes in qualifying and actually has the race pace as well to be able to compete with him. And Lance Stroll just seems like he's a, a tier below George, Lewis, and Fernando, and he just doesn't be able to seem to be able to consistently compete with those drivers, um, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on which side of the aisle that you, that you lean on. And yeah, overall, it was a great race on Sunday. Awesome race. Want more. Really want more. Cannot wait for more. Let's talk. Talk about some other things. I don't know if we'll get to some of the stuff. Some of the draft stuff. I'm not really sure. I have, for example, some stuff on... Uh, what is it? What what stuff do I have on? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have... What is it? Oh, yeah, the Colts getting Will Levis and the Titans and the Raiders. I think we'll save this stuff for tomorrow and we'll talk about this stuff tomorrow, but yikes, man. Some stuff is just annoying. Annoying. Ah, oh, goodness gracious. We'll talk about some of the draft stuff tomorrow. I do, though, want to talk about Aaron Rodgers going to the New York Jets. It feels like we're talking about it 
or that I've talked about it for two months because it's been going on for two months. I, at this point, it's April 4th. I don't think it matters if he goes to the Jets or not. I don't think it matters because I think the Jets, regardless, will be dysfunctional. I think. I think it'll be dysfunctional. I think the Jets will be dysfunctional. I think the... Excuse me. I think the Packers will be dysfunctional as well. Just everything about this whole deal just seems weird. Like, the Jets don't want to give up a first-round draft pick for Aaron. It looks like the Green Bay Packers want a first-round draft pick for him. And apparently this is... And, and maybe they want to negotiate his contract because he's going to be owed 50-plus million over the next couple of years. But... It just seems like both teams are just huge, dysfunctional pieces of garbage at this point. The Jets are kind of without a quarterback, and they have to still figure out what to do with Zach Wilson as well. It's like, what are we going to do with Zach? Is Zach, is Zach going to be a backup? Is he going to be our developmental guy? Like, I, I don't know what they're going to do with Zach Wilson, but it's obvious that they don't really want him on the team, or they don't really want him playing probably a combination of the two. But regardless of however they feel about Zach, they the Jets don't have a quarterback right now. Right? Or I mean maybe not even regardless, but including the feelings that they have about Zach Wilson. They don't have a quarterback right now and it's April and it feels like the Jets don't want to give up the 14th overall pick, which I think they're correct in assessing and being like, yeah, we don't want to give up this pick. We believe that it's too valuable. I just also just also have to ask, like, like for both teams, when is this going to get to some type of a closing, like a like some closure? I guess when when is everyone going to get what they want? Maybe not literally, because you know can't get everything. I'm a little bit tired, so I'm kind of not making a whole bunch of sense. But I'm just I'm just shocked that the that both of these teams have drag this on for this long and that there hasn't been or probably won't be a resolution in sight until potentially after the draft and then at that point it's just like then why wouldn't you just go out and get Lamar Jackson I don't know why I just eh, I don't know I I don't know hold on Let me drink some water I I don't know just ridiculous no matter how you slice it. I don't know if Aaron is one of the key guys in regards to the reason why this deal is going, isn't going going to happen or isn't happening right now. I don't know if that's the case. I think that may be a little bit premature, but still, it's just like, just asinine. How this deal is not done yet, and we're almost two months into Aaron being like, I want to be a Jet. And both teams have not figured this out yet. You would think that this would be a very, very simple, easy solution. I guess. But I think both teams are boned. I think they're both done. I don't really care if the Packers trade them or not. It's just both teams are just too dysfunctional. They can't do something as basic as trade Aaron Rodgers. Or trade for Aaron Rodgers. I do want to talk about, though, report that I get from Dov Kleiman, I think that's what his name is. He reports, <clears throat> he reported today that apparently the Bears wanted the Panthers to trade them Brian Burns, Derek Brown, or DJ Moore as part of the trade package for the number one overall pick. Which, to me, is insane that out of those three names, Brian Burns, Derek Brown, and DJ Moore, 
the Panthers easily traded the best player to the Bears, which was DJ Moore. They've traded their best player to the Bears instead of Derek Brown, who is like kind of a bust. He's like kind of a bust. He was like a top 10 pick, and now it's just like, I mean, as like a three technique, he's not even close to being in the top 10. Like not even close. It's like a pass rushing defensive tackle. And I don't know if he'll get better. But I certainly at this point in his career, I don't think he's a top 10 guy in his, at his position. And you're going to have to pay him money potentially if you think that he's of any value and if he has a good season. And it's just so weird that the Panthers were like, we're just, we're okay with giving up DJ Moore, who's one of the best at his position, over Derrick Brown. Even, I, this would have smarted, this would have hurt. But you, I would have been fine if they gave up Brian Burns. I would have been like, Brian Burns is a good player, but he's not a top 10 edge rusher in the NFL. Obviously. Would have been like, you probably gave up one of your top defensive players, but at the very least, you, you have weapon, a weapon for your quarterback, but now it's like, you don't have DJ Moore. It's like the more I learn about this deal that the Panthers have, the more I'm just like, wow, they kind of screwed it up a little bit. Then you start hearing all these other teams that are getting involved with the quarterback conversation because apparently they feel comfortable and nice with Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. So you hear comments about the Titans trading up and the Raiders trading up. and yeah, I don't know. It's just weird, some of the things that are coming out. You got like three more weeks for the draft, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on which side of the aisle you fall on. I'm exhausted. We'll talk about the draft. We'll talk about the Raiders wanting trade up as well as the Titans. Colts potentially getting, excuse me, Will Levis in the draft, as well as uh, some of what some of the teams in the top 20 or in the uh, from like 20 to like 31 can do. I am very tired. I think it's because of the running. But I'm peacing out. I'll see you tomorrow. 24th podcast.